Rising up, back on the street. Did my time, took my chances. Get out of here. Yeah, okay. Welcome to Dragon's Cast, a podcast brought to you by Dak Pack alums who wrestle with the really important questions of our time that deal primarily with Drexel basketball. This is episode one of the 2016-2017 season. The new gold alternate jersey, which I think uh, Sammy Mujica unveiled on Facebook. Marshall, you sent out the email on that first, I think, right? Yeah, I love the jerseys. I just wish that the uh, hype video had been a little bit better. <laughs> was it like a solid 10 seconds? It was like 10 seconds of just like the up and down of him wearing it. I feel like uh could have been a little more production value there. No, yeah. I just, they did play in the new alternate jersey for the exhibition game, though. It looked good. And we lost, right? Yeah, it's already off to a good start. Yeah, I mean, I thought it looked cool, but, um, you know, it's, hopefully it produces more wins. You know, I... Spiker, you know, Bruiser looked good and lost. So far, Spiker was dressed like a hobo. Hopefully, but that didn't translate to a win. So I really don't care about jerseys, or I want wins. I wouldn't think too much about the uh, the scrimmage. VCU just lost to Queens College, so I mean, oh, they did. Yeah, I mean, this isn't like you don't need to really worry about the scrimmages too much. They don't. They're usually not playing to win as much as they're just playing to, you know, get some stuff out there. I did like the. Um, the gameplay was pretty good, you know. I thought, um, you know, I, I thought the other, I thought the Kaiser University looked like a division, a legit division one program. I don't think they looked like a bum school, you know. I don't know what their deal is. They the big play. The guy was over seven foot tall on that team. They looked like a regular CAA team to me. They didn't look like a, you know. So maybe we shouldn't read too much into that. You're right. I thought the offense looked better um, throughout that game than we've seen before. A little more fluid. We scored a little more easily. Guys are chucking up shots. Yeah. Kaiser also, I guess, they're, they're pretty good in the NAIA. They're supposed to, like, finish sixth or something. I don't know if that's a good thing or how many teams are even in that league. I don't even know. I don't know too much about NAIA, but they're supposed to be one of the better teams in there. In, in the whole, so the NAIA, the equivalent, is the NCAA. So the, if they're the sixth best team in all of the NAIA, that's equivalent to like the sixth best team in the NCAA. Yeah, <laughs> sort of. I mean, obviously, the so best they're like the are... Kentucky of the NAIA. Yeah, yeah, I guess. They, they lost like to two... the Kentucky of the NAIA. They have like two hundred forty-six teams. Oh, there's two hundred forty-six teams in the NAIA. That's what Wikipedia says, and Wikipedia never lies. So. Right. It's just a different governing body. They don't go by the same standards. Well, I don't think they realize it's like someone who you, one of you guys told me. They yeah, they're strict, right? right? There's, yeah, they have some lax requirements. Like I think some players who have had problems have dropped down to that level before. So if you don't know two plus two equals four, you can still play. You could play in the NAIA. <laughs> I don't know. I think be. it's. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be a little bit more of like a balance of school and athletics. Like my cousin just uh accepted going to an NAI school for soccer and she's really good but didn't want to have like athletics dominate her college career. Oh, so it's the exact opposite. It's like where they want to actually concentrate more on academics. Exactly. Oh. Hmm. Uh, so all those all those all those uh Kaiser players are like academic all stars? I don't think it <laughs> I don't know. I think he's. How about the guy that looked like Danielle Rawlings from the, the Chappelle show? 
Remember that guy? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He did look like him. I don't know. I don't know too much about AI. I don't know. No wonder, no wonder that league didn't take off, though, if it's concentrating on academics instead of, you know, recruiting players and taking them out and getting some strippers for them. And I don't think – I don't know. I don't think that's the only reason people go down that level. It's just, I, don't know. I just think it's a different – it's a different governing body with different rules than the NCAA. I'm not sure exactly what the differentiation is. Well, I don't know. That's the any, original point. I don't know if we're any value here with this conversation. No, the eye test was they seem like a pretty yeah, decent squad. I agree. You know, it was a pretty competitive game. I thought the first half was um, both teams were kind of missing. It looked like the first game for both teams. Uh, after the second half, you know, was a better quality half. Both teams and they hit. A, they just got a hot from three. I remember, yeah, and and we we weren't hitting as many as they did. Yeah, but we scored more points in the first half. You couldn't get even. You could at least score like. Yeah, but I thought the quality of basketball wasn't as good first half for both teams. What did you think about the uh, Icelandic players starting for us, Johnson? Uh, I thought he looked pretty good. I mean, he's he's pretty confident. Looks like he's got a pretty nice shot. I don't know if I really like him being our backup point guard. Major's going to be out, but uh, he brought it up a little bit, and it didn't seem like a complete disaster. But it would be nice if we get Major Kennedy back, because otherwise we're just relying on a, on a freshman point guard to bring the ball up the entire time, which could be shaky at times. He didn't look too bad, though. He looked pretty good, though. No, I'm just saying, currently, he was pleasantly surprising. For being a freshman, forced to bring up the ball every time and pay, play every minute. Oh, I think he had like 15 points and five assists and like only one turnover or something. So he looked, he looked pretty good. Um, Did he only have one turnover? I think he only had one. That's surprising. He looked a little. Listen, he's a freshman. I agree with that comment. He looked a little shaky bringing the ball up at times to me. He was a little bit, uh, a little bit more turnover prone than than, than the Terrell Allen. Uh, Terrell Allen was just dynamite from the beginning to me. Um, I don't think he'd get that all the time, though. Um, so I think Kurt Lee would be fine, but you know, I wouldn't say he's he's not Terrell Allen. He's too small, too. And, but I, mean, I don't even care about that. No, I know, I know, but it's just... Uh, he, I mean, he's he scoring. He looks like he can shoot from the outside a little bit. He can he handle the ball. Like he, he has that little flick three-pointer. Yeah, he like, was, uh, flicks it up there. You played really well. The most is going to be like, where's our scoring coming from? And the biggest problem in that game was Miles Overton was ball hogging it. He wasn't ball hogging it. He was chucking up a lot of shots. He was missing layups. They were tough layups, man. You're like, you're getting too hard of a time on I mean, him. He's probably rusty too. He hasn't played a game of basketball, you know, well over a year. Actually, for more than probably a year and a half, he hasn't played an organized game of basketball like that. So, um, uh, he was confident. Well, if, if, I don't know if it'll you know, translate over. It, yeah, I mean, wouldn't you what, try and be like a little bit less confident if you're not even played that? I want you know maybe be a little passive in the beginning. Now if he's been he playing, took really, it right to it. Like he's, he's the Michael, really well like and he's the Michael Jordan of the team. Maybe he is in practice. You don't know what he's what's happening. I think he's from what I hear. He's supposed to be. We're supposed to be relying on him as one of our one of our scores. I mean, we really have much that many points returning from last year. We have Rodney and Sammy Mohican. That's pretty much about it from the scoring. Uh, perspective. I mean, we have other guys, but no one really averages any points. Overton's supposed to be a a kid who can score the ball a little bit. 
To me, he looked confident. I like that he didn't even really lose his confidence. I mean, it was only a scrimmage anyway, so might as well try to get yourself back on track. So what is he? He's like a three? Is he like a small forward? A two. Was he playing shooting card? Yeah, he's like he's only like six three or six four, I think. Seems like a like a. It's gonna be our standard play three guards, two forwards. Probably the same thing we always do. We thought, rarely what was the line? The starting lineup was uh, Kurt Lee Jr., the Icelandic guy, Overton Rodney. Overton didn't start. Overton didn't start. Mohika started. Oh, Mohika started over Overton. I thought both of them started. No, no, no. Kurt Lee started. The kid from Iceland. Um. Mohika, Muhammad Ba, and Rodney Williams. That was the starting lineup. Oh, really? I could have sworn Bob came off the bench, but you're probably right. I don't remember seeing Bob play that much. He took the tip, I think, at least. So what's the deal with Kennedy, by the way? What's that? What's the deal with Kennedy? Is he done, or...? Marshall, did you hear about that? I think... Uh, no, I haven't. I mean, I think someone said it... I heard at the game, I think from Dan Crane, that he said that, uh, that he heard that Major had hurt his knee, but he was going to play through it, or try to play through it. So it must not have been anything, you know, he didn't tear an ACL or anything, but he's hurt. So I don't know how much we'll actually see him. The interesting the interesting thing about his injury history is that one of the highlights about him when, uh, when he was recruited was the fact that he was a multi-sport athlete, and the whole, like, cross-training thing, uh, it was, like, touted as, oh, well, these guys get injured less because they play multiple sports, and <laughs> he's been injured several times now. That sounds like something a consultant would say. <laughs> <laughs> we got sold by the consultant. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like a Deloitte and Touche PowerPoint. Rolly Massimino is the Kaiser coach. He looked he look mad old. He's like in his 80s, I think. Did any uh, Nova people show up to the game? Not that I know of. I didn't, I, I didn't notice. It looked like there was a contingent of fans of... Kaiser or him and like remember that that lower area big I think they group. might have had I, mean, I didn't look at the roster but it seemed like there was probably some local kids who they were rooting for too I didn't really look at the roster too well though there was definitely a decent side more Kaiser fans than I expected that's for sure they were getting excited every time they did something I don't know if you guys realize it Mojica actually dropped 18 in that game I thought Mojica played good. I looked at the box score he I had a couple threes I didn't realize he had 18 points. I didn't realize he had 18 either was it a good 18, or Rodney was it played. on, like, 37 no, shots? No, he played. No, he didn't. Uh, he didn't. Overton was a guy with 37 yeah. shots. Overton launched a bunch of shots. But Mohica played pretty well, I thought. And uh, Rodney played well. He's pretty good on the glass from scoring inside. I mean, we're just going to need points. And I don't know if hopefully Spiker's offense will uh, at least get some easy buckets for some people. So what, what did least. his offense look like? Was there more than just the tap-the-head play? <laughs> Oh my god! Um, I think. Uh, Sorry, Marshall. He's, the, he's uh, him over here. Well, I would say like we definitely did more of a fast break style approach. We, there was no like slowing the ball up inadvertently. No. They bring the ball up quickly. I'd say they were kind of shooting. I mean, they weren't taking terrible shots, but they were like getting Except for Overton. Overton was taking some bad shots, but everyone else was mainly taking shots in the flow of the offense. But they were getting them up pretty quickly too. Like it wasn't like. I can't remember one time where the shot clock was running down and we were struggling right. to get a shot up like right. that. Right. It didn't happen once, that right. I can recall. Right. Yeah, like we're used to seeing it. But I can't, like, recall, like, what's the, you know, 
set offense looked like because it almost just seemed very fluid. Right, Bill? Yeah, mm-hmm. they were getting up the court quickly and a lot of ball movement. Was there a shot clock? I don't even remember there being one. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there, maybe there even was, but there, there was no, like... Uh, I'm just saying that because the other other NAIA rule that came into play where we had a player out of the court with five fouls. Yeah, I, good point. I don't remember anything about a shot clock. Maybe, so I'm assuming that we just didn't... Well, even without the shot, even if there wasn't a shot clock, it wasn't like there wasn't much time before the shots were being launched. That was my, kind of my point. They like there wasn't ever, or I felt like this possession was dragging on, and it seemed like they were just getting decent shots within, um, yeah, within the offense. Well, I mean, we really scored struggling. seventy-one points, and I think the same the game time was the same total game time. Oh, we scored seventy-one points, and I don't even think we shot that well. So that means we. Oh yeah, I, I, I think if Overton hit thirty percent of his shots, he probably had eighty. I mean, like he, he was ice cold in that game. No, man, I was just saying the other reason we probably never struggled with finding a flow is because Overton was always at his possible up. I mean, I really liked the Icelandic guy. I think that guy's got uh he looks like a cancer patient and <laughs> oh like a twelve year old cancer. That's an appropriate. Uh... <laughs> he has hair, but he's like he's about maybe like a hundred pounds. He looks like he's young. And he looks, like, 12 years old. But his, like, mannerisms and his, like, his confidence level uh, and his um, enthusiasm and kind of his just his flow was very good. Like, he would get in. He made a couple things happen without scoring. Like, he would get in there, and I don't even think he got the final assist, but he'd make a drive, pass it off to someone who was open, who passed it to someone else who'd score. Or, and his, he just seemed to be not intimidated. Like freshmen usually are. Confident. He's actually been playing in a professional league in Iceland for, I think, the past two or three years. Um, I think he was named the best young player in Iceland, and he's a, I think he's a tenth leading scorer in that conference. It has some former CA players playing it. I think Sherrod Wright is actually played for George Mason was the leading scorer in the league. So he's been playing against some at least decent competition, some older players who can actually play. So I think he's, I think he's confident. His shot looked good, though. I know he missed a bunch, but it looked good. Like like when Chris Fouch misses, it still looks good. I don't think it looked as good as Chris Fouch. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far. It did look like he had a good shot. I mean, I watched a couple. I watched a game or two of his in Iceland, and it basically looked like he could shoot the ball, he could handle the ball a little bit. Um, But there was one clip where he actually got laid out by a guy uh, on a pick, and he was on the ground, like, rising around. So, it's interesting. yeah, I mean, he might get manhandled a little bit. If he builds up some strength, he'll be okay. Uh, but I thought he looked, I thought the freshmen looked pretty good. The ones who played a lot of minutes at least, those two especially. Um, I don't think the other ones really got much minutes. So even though he's been playing in a professional league, we still get him for four years? Yeah. I don't, I don't know how that works with the Europe, because I know there's a number of foreign players who play in professional leagues and they come over here. I'm not sure if they, don't, maybe they don't get paid like at a certain, at a certain level. I don't know how that works. Yeah, he probably wasn't getting paid, but I'm just thinking, like, is he a 20-year-old freshman? Is he an 18-year-old freshman? I think he's 18. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he was, I think I, the article I read, which I don't know if it was on a, um, uh, Empire, I don't even know what it's called. It's like a Philly, it's a Philly, uh, Philly site, Empire Basketball or something like that. They, they did an interview with him, I think, and he was, uh, I think he's been playing that league since he was younger, like 16 years old or something. And he's been picking up minutes over the past three years. And like I said, he was, I think he's a tenth, he was a tenth leading scorer when I checked. And there was some pretty good players on that list that, I mean, that I've recognized from the CAA. 
Sherrod Wright being the main one, but he averaged about 28 a game, I think, when. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So he looked confident. I think if he just builds strength and can compete at this level, he'll be all right. What was his first name again? Kari. Kari Johnson, right? Johnson. Yeah, not very creative for an Icelandic guy. Kari Johnson. (laughs) It doesn't sound like he's from Iceland. Kari Johnson. Is that how you spell it? Uh, Janison? Uh, I found the roster. At least his hometown seems like it's not pronounceable. Hafnar Fordor? I think it's outside of uh, Reykjavik or whatever. I don't even know how you pronounce that. But but he did look good, to you guys' point. He, he seemed like he moved well without the ball, was uh, at least uh, hustling out there. It's more like than you can ask for for some pressure. So. He's a goalkeeper of the soccer team? I mean, I think... Uh, and I think guard-wise, I mean, with these young players, we're going to need some of them to step up in, in the scoring roles. But I think we should be okay there. Big man-wise, like, we only have Rodney who can score, which is kind of concerning. I, I don't think any of the other guys can really do much. And uh the other two freshmen who could potentially play in, you know, the four slot probably, neither one of them played very much at all in that scrimmage. I don't think Sam Green played at all. And the uh, the kid from Texas played like a minute or two, so I don't think we should expect much out of either one of those guys. Unless Sam Green was hurt, I figured we'd see him a little bit. But oh, here he is. We mainly just saw the um, usual rotation of big men with Tyshawn Miles and Austin Williams and and Ba, all three of which really can't do much rather than rebound and get putbacks off that. Neither Austin Williams or Tyshawn Miles like looked any better than any of their performances last year either. It looked like, from a progression standpoint, I, I would say they didn't look like anything changed from last year. Neither one has really showed much in terms of a, like a post-up game. Like I like Tyshawn Miles just as a guy who comes in, and gives you rebounding, big body, and he'll give you a putback once in a while. Um, but neither one of those guys are feeding in the post and. You know, they're going to work like you can with Rodney. Is Rodney our only senior? Rodney and Muhammad Ba. Oh, right. And, uh, okay. I don't think a single Drexel player got named onto the CAA first or second team, right? Not even Rodney. No. I think Rodney might have been like honorable mention or something. But yeah. Nope. Who, who's, uh, who's on that team from the CAA? Is there Hofstra? Who's the best team this year? Hofstra? UNC Wilmington got picked away. Oh, yeah. They got which guys, right? Northeastern should still be pretty good, right? Um, I don't know. I mean, you can probably some fault the order of online. Yeah, you can see Wilmington is number one. Townsend got wooded for number two. And William and Mary for the third place. And Delaware and Drexel are 10 and 9, respectively. So at least we're above Delaware, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they lost more players than we did. They got a couple back when they hired um, Martin Inglesby for their coach, but... Uh, they were hemorrhaging players for a while. Like they only had like four guys coming back at one point. I think they got a couple back though. Well, they didn't have a coach or athletic director for like four months, and then somehow end up with a good hire in Inglesby. Yeah, you never know. We'll see how the coaching coaches play out. Yeah, I mean he's got the pedigree. He was under uh, Bray, wasn't he? Yep. He's got Philly ties, so I mean, should be interesting to see what they do too. What are we talking about? Uh, Spikers uh, suits. I see that on the uh, agenda here. I thought you already suit brought it up. Rumor. You brought it up in the beginning. 
You, you don't have to talk about, you don't have to mention the agenda item. You can just start talking about it if you want to. I know. It seems very forced when you just start being, <laughs> bringing up topics on the iPad that <laughs> you're looking at. Marshall, what did you think about his suit selection? Well, I mean, I only had your photo that you texted me from the game. Uh, personally, for basketball did. coaches, I prefer the full suit and not the khaki sport coat combination. Uh, if there's one thing that we could all agree, Bruiser was a very well-dressed coach. He took that part seriously. Uh, I wish Spiker would uh, follow in that vein a little bit. I think uh, – the break in his pants was a little too uh, too big. I would have maybe gone for like fifty percent reduction there. <laughs> I mean, those pants are like a, the ugliest. That like that's like that old man green. Like it's like a forest green. And mm-hmm. I totally agree with Marshall on the whole khaki suit, green pants combo. Very very bush league, and like it looked like he's gonna trip on them. Like they needed, they were, they were, they were like all bunched up, and it looked like he was gonna fall on his face. Like, yeah. What kind of guy like this? How are you a head coach with a suit like this? Uh, maybe he can coach. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't give a crap about his suit. If <laughs> the guy can coach, he can, he can wear some scrubs on the side of the thing. I don't really, I don't really give a crap. Um, yet to be seen, but I need mean, the assistant. Look at Paul Fourier over here. Know that. He's got a nice suit on. That guy's also a giant. Makes the rest of the team look like a bunch of small children. Like that's that's exactly that's a custom suit. I mean, it's nothing spectacular. It's a charcoal, but it's a solid suit. Get yourself a nice suit, Nick. For the first Nick game, I think you and I need to be fully suited up and uh, show Spiker how it's done. Everyone needs to stay tuned for Nick's podcast after this, which will be focused only on suits. It's a spinoff. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned. I'm gonna I'm gonna plug it on this one. Yeah, there you go. What do you guys think about uh, Zach Spiker's positivity that comes with that old man suit? No, this is a good topic. This is an interesting one. Um, now, I mean, we're so used to Bruiser constantly heckling either reps or his own players, right? Where you like constantly throughout the whole game, mostly on directed at the referees. But then also directed at our own players, like slapping on the ass, getting in the face, four-letter words. You know, even you know, once in a while he would do like a positive ass slap when someone did real good. But it was like usually negativity. And then Spiker, on the other hand, was I would say more or less just calmly positive the whole time. Like, he wasn't, like, super, like, going crazy, but, you know, he was always clapping and kind of saying encouraging things during a timeout, which even, like, when we started falling apart in the second half, he didn't change that at all. You know, we lost the, the eight-point lead, and they had, they had like, a run there, and we called timeout. He didn't start flipping out. He didn't go to the reps. He didn't really do anything different than he did on the other timeouts where they called timeout. You know, it was interesting. Uh, how do I feel about it? Um, I think generally I, I like to change. I, I have a hard time, like, thinking like, there's no point in the game where you don't want to get a little pit- pissed. 
But uh, and he still might. That was like an exhibition game, right? So maybe he was saving his uh, getting pissed for more critical games, and that one he just wanted to be more positive about everything new that they were trying out. Yeah, I, I mean, think about how. I, I guess that's possible. We'll see. We'll see this week. Um, but I mean, I feel like Bruiser wouldn't have been any different in an exhibition game, a non-exhibition game. He would act in the same way, right? Yeah, no, you got a point there. It's definitely better for the. I think it's a way better referee strategy. I think we're gonna get more call. We're actually gonna get calls this year because I think he's a gentleman to the refs. I really think that over the years we got effed by refs as a direct result of Bruiser being a total heckling asshole. I when I I believe that. Not all the time, but I think there were some games, especially some home games, where we were not getting calls on our own home court. That, you know, refs were just going, you know, just they're sick of bruiser and they would keep calling against them. That, so I think it will help on, on on calls. So you're saying the heckling of the refs will lie solely on our shoulders now? Yeah, and that's where it should lie. We're we're professional hecklers. We're not coaching the team. That's the only thing we have to do on the sideline. He's got a team to coach. How would you stick to that? I mean, I, I I like the positivity. I think it's just completely different from what we're used to. I think I think he might have been chosen as our coach because he's the polar opposite of Bruiser. She dresses terribly. He's completely positive. He runs a fast break offense. This is the opposite of Bruiser uh, from a coaching standpoint. Um, yep. We'll see if it leads to results. I don't know. I mean, I think I think it's probably going to be annoying if he's real positive and the team is just horrible for three years straight until he gets fired or. If they end up being really good and he's positive, no one's going to give a crap that he's positive all the time. It'll, it'll be looking at the positive thing. So it's all just about the wins and losses. What if we're bad this year and 500 for the next two years? Does, does that get it done for him to sign a new contract at that point? I don't know. I don't, I mean, if I don't, I'm not expecting us to be very good this year. Um, we're yeah. young. We don't have a lot of scoring coming back. It's a brand new system. I mean, he definitely gets a pass for this year. Yeah, I don't. Th- I mean, mm-hmm. I think the the real question is if we're only we're still five hundred three years from now. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you sign him to a long extension for being five hundred. I mean, that's not quite where you want to be. Uh, but it'll it'll be interesting to see uh, what he ends up doing. I mean, I think if he can, I think if he can recruit here, it'll be all right. He seems to be bringing in some decent players and getting creative with where he's getting guys from. I've seen a couple of the guys that we were looking at still, and it's from various parts of the country and a couple foreign kids as well. So I think they're trying different avenues to get people here. I mean, most of the recruits he has actually were kept from Bruiser. I mean, I shouldn't say most, but um, the two the two big guys were kept from Bruiser. The two ones he brought in are the ones that were playing, actually. Kid from Texas. Texas. Kid from Texas and Who's the other Green kid? didn't play. Oh, he didn't play. We have two transfers. Sitting on the hula to sit out a year. They're both guards. Are they both spiker transfers? Yeah, they're both spiker transfers. Yeah. One's from Missouri, and one is from uh, Campbell. The kid from Campbell, I think his name's Troy Harper. They're both guards? They're both guards. They're both, like, not very tall guards either. I mean, they're over six foot, but I think just not much over six foot, maybe six one or six two. Um, We'll have plenty of guards next year, and that's for sure. What is it, well, I want to hear what Leon thinks about the positivity, Zach Spiker. I thought it was a great thing. I thought that, I love it when the, you know you miss a shot and then you go to the sideline and the coach is like, "Good job, here's a trophy." Uh, 
Great. I'm being a little sarcastic, of course, but I thought it was a welcome difference. But at the same time, to your point, if that's what's happening when they miss, a, like, make a mistake in a critical game in the middle of the season, I, and he's that happy, it's going to be pretty annoying. But for an exhibition game, I'm willing to give him a pass. Okay, that's what you're saying. He did have his assistants working the ref style. So I know he was not even conversing with them. It seemed like he, I, I didn't even see him engage with the refs at a single point during the game. That being said, his assistants were continuously saying something or the other to the refs when they thought there was like a missed call or something. So I think that's the strategy. He just has the assistants do his dirty work for him. That's nice. Delegated that out? Yeah. That's uh, executive management right there. I mean, I think the, I think it's better to be positive than the way negative way Bruce works. I think t- players are afraid to actually like make mistakes. As soon as you make a mistake, you're getting pulled out. Um, sometimes I think that's detrimental to your team. I'd rather see like if a guy makes a small mistake, um, let him play through it a little bit rather than just you know pulling them right out of the ball game. And Bruce had certain guys that he would leave in even when they made mistakes, obviously. But uh, certain players over the years, if they even one small thing, they would come out. Like I feel like sometimes. Players don't react well to that. Freddie Wilson, I think Freddie Wilson is an example of that, where like he would make a stupid mistake and get pulled, and he wouldn't see him again. And then when he was actually forced to let the kid play, yeah, he played through it. He looked good. He came out and actually was performing because he wasn't sent to the bench within five seconds of making a stupid mistake. So. I think overall it will be a positive. He did that a lot with Mejia, too, from what I remember, right? I think uh, yeah. Dom had a little yeah. more leeway. He had a little, yeah, I mean, he, he proved himself to be a player, too. I mean, really, Freddie Wilson didn't really do much until there was no other options but for him to play. I mean, that's pretty much Yeah, but I feel like Mejia started off real good, and then he never... He was a good player for us. Yeah, I know, but he... I feel like Bruiser ruined him in a way. I don't know if I go as far as saying he ruined him. He might have stifled him a little, but he was still a pretty good player his whole career. Yeah, I mean, I guess I agree with Leon. Like, generally, I, I think, you know, general positiveness over the, most situations is good. Jim was telling me that he went, he went to the Holy Cross game when Spiker was at Army, and Army was favored in the tournament, and they were playing Holy Cross. And, only, and it was like kind of like when Northeastern smoke, you know, when we get smoked in the tournament, we're supposed to win. They got smoked by by Holy Cross, and Holy Cross or in, in Army was a favorite, and he was positive the whole time. And that's a, that's a situation where, yeah, that's a situation where you don't, you know, we're not in an exhibition game. We're in a tournament game. They're the favorite team. You're getting you're down by twenty. There's timeout called. Now you know. Does it help? Does it say, all right, guys, we're still doing good. We're still there. Or is it better to be like, what the f- are we doing? Get your head in the f- game. Like, what is what is more motivating? I don't know. I'm asking the question. I think I'd rather stay positive. Like, Bruce would come out like, you guys are terrible. You suck. You're not doing anything I'm starting to do. Like, that's not going to get you anything positive. I'd rather be a little positive. I mean, I don't, I don't mind yelling at the guy once in a while. Yeah, that's enough. But I think overall, I mean, from just seeing Bruce all these years, I'm happy to have a – a different outlook on things. Maybe we'll, I don't you really, might be right. I don't know. You might be right. I'm tr- I'm I don't really care about his demeanor when when the other team's yeah. making a run. 
as long as he can draw up a play, if we're down two or three, as long as he can draw up a play and we score, I'm fine with it. I don't want him going all Bobby Knight. That would be too much. But if he goes to bruiser level every now and then, uh, I'm fine with that. Or if he's more of a Krzyzewski in calm demeanor but still draws up a play or, like, gets the team motivated, whatever works, honestly. I, I It's all just noise with how it comes across to us. But if it gets the guys I'm glad, I'm to glad do you what they need to do. Krzyzewski is not always positive. He gets pissed, you know. I, yeah, you but know, he, he doesn't get bruiser-level pissed. No. No, he doesn't. But Russell's point of still is just the results. Shashevsky is not – what I saw, at least, Spiker was constantly positive the whole time. Shashevsky would maybe be positive most of the time, but he gets on refs, and he gets on his players when they're getting their, their butts kicked. I've seen it. So I wouldn't say what I saw from Spiker was equivalent to Shashevsky. Shashevsky, he's definitely not bruiser. Not you know, Bruiser, Bobby Knight, they're kind of cut out of the same mold there. But, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But getting back to the drawing up of the plays, that was there was I, I'm really encouraged by that element. Like we came, we had a timeout, we had an inbound play, and we executed perfectly. I think Overton missed the layup. I think that's what happened. We got a we got a great play a clean shot. A timeout. We had a clean look a from. We had a layup. I think he missed it. We got a layup out of a really nicely drawn up play. It's an, it was the, probably the first time it's ever was ever been seen in that back, at least for me. The rarity, at least. So that that's that's very encouraging to me. I think overall it was encouraging though, because I, I wouldn't I would say even though we lost by five points, I don't think I've ever been happy to watch a game at the DAC in the last uh, couple of years. That was a loss, or a few years that was a loss uh, that I than this one. I mean, they were. I mean, how seriously could they be taking it? I mean, that was like. They had that one that one point where in the very beginning, I forget who, someone took a charge. I don't remember who took the charge. But the whole team proceeded to storm the court and applaud him and pick him up off the court. Oh, yeah, and they got a bench technical. Which resulted in a technical foul. I've never seen such a thing. Yeah, um, I doubt we'll ever see that again. Um, but, like, I mean, we were just giving that point away right there. So I, mean, who, uh, I don't think it really... We're going to really win. I think we're just going out there to try and, and you know compete and show see what uh see what the offense could do and play against a live opponent. So I'm not really as worried about the result. We'll see when we actually play some real teams. Um, what happens? I mean, Monmouth and Rutgers should both be good gauges on where we are since Monmouth was really good last year. And even though Rutgers standardly isn't great, they're at least you know in a big conference and should at least be a decent opponent for us. So Bill, where do you see us and I guess four games. So we have Monmouth first, then Rutgers, then Hartford at home, and North Texas. Are we 0 and 4? I mean, it's really hard to say. I no, I hope we're not 0 and 4. I, I would like to be 2 and 2. 2 and 2 would be good. Would be a nice goal. I mean, you're hoping you beat Hartford and, and North Texas. I mean, any better than 2 and 2 would be amazing. Uh, but 2 and 2 would be at least okay. <laughs> remember, I, I remember looking at seeing Monmouth on the schedule, and that used to be an automatic win. Now we're like kind of getting the automatic loss. They upgraded their facility. They had a really good. They had like one of the best seasons ever. Then they have a good coach. I think they're recruiting well, so I think it's a tough game. Does Monmouth surpass? Does Monmouth surpass Drexel with their snub last year? Was their snub worse than either of our snubs? I don't know. I think it's up there. Definitely Uh, comparable. It's definitely comparable. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't. 
They definitely got snubbed. There's been a couple mind. teams who had like very similar um, snubs going on like that. I think it was a Weber. I don't know. I think it was Weber State too. Like one of those teams won like 26 games in a row or something and, and didn't get in. Like I think it's ridiculous. Might have been worse. Yeah. I mean, it was comparable. They beat some really good teams. It was comparable to the O7 snub. Yeah. They might have had a better. They went on the road and they won a lot of road games. And they also finished first in their conference, which we didn't do in 07. But mm-hmm. I think the conference is better. But they still finished first, won a, beat a bunch of teams on the road, and then lost in their conference title game. So, you know, I would say that was a pretty bad snub. Maybe, maybe worse than 07. But, I, I'm interested to see the first game, see where our scoring comes from. I think that's going to be real dependent. I think if Overton plays like he did, uh, in that scrimmage, I don't think we're going to win a lot. Uh, and he probably won't be playing nearly as much if he keeps shooting like that. Um, but I think if he's better than, than he showed, which I think he, I think he is, um, then maybe we'll be a little bit, a little bit better than we might be expected to be. Cause I mean, Mohica can score a little bit and I thought Rodney looked pretty good. He could have even been a little bit more aggressive. And I think he still had like 18 points and 11 rebounds or something. So, I mean, he could have, he could have scored more in that game. I, I, I can't, I can't believe that you're still bullish on a Rodney. Oh, he's still a Rodney? Yeah, Why? He's, he's only... Yeah, the only reason he's going to probably end up... He's in the position of being the only person there. That's why he's the best player. He's not like a really good big man. He's not even our one of our top five probably big men that you see that. Maybe the fifth. Maybe I'll give him the fifth. Of that I mean, he's still pretty good. I think you're underplaying his value. I think, I mean, he blocks shots. He rebounds pretty well. He can score inside. We'll see what he does this year. I mean, maybe he was clogged up and bruised his system a little bit. I mean... You guys are like, I think some people were saying he was having a bad game and he had like 18 points and 11 rebounds. And you guys are saying he needs to be more aggressive. I was like, okay, maybe a little, but he's got 18 and 11. And he might have finished with more than that. That was even, that, the game wasn't even over at that point. Yeah, I'm, I'm on Leon's side of this one a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I think that he's probably the best we have. Well, he is the best we have. Yeah, by far. I don't, you know, I would, if all the big men we've had at Drexel, I wouldn't put him he would be if he was in the top five. He'd be five. Still pretty good. We've been, we've been seeing like I would even I mean, how many years have been Leon Spencer about a, you know I wouldn't put Leon Spencer but what did Leon Spencer do his whole career? Well, he started as a junior, so there's that. Okay, and he got hurt when you know. I, I thought when he was in, he was you know he was more of a more of a force. Bring up Leon's stats. I, that's why he's kept on telling you. Bring he just, like, here. He's not stats aren't gonna be comparable because he's either hurt all the time or he's well that's just gonna be the eye test. Okay. The eye test I give it slightly to Leon Spencer. He was on he was uh, on yeah, two of our right. worst teams of the last decade. Rodney was on a terrible team. Rodney was on the worst team we had, which was last year. We'll see what the kid does this year. It's a senior year. I would expect him to be better than he was last year. I think he's gonna score more points just based on beating his offense. So we'll of the big men that mean. I've seen suit up for Drexel, I would take Eligar, Sammy, uh, Leon, and probably Chaz over him. So yeah, he'd probably be the fifth big man that I've that I would have taken in the last ten years from big men from our. And team. then I would put Battle and Brooks ahead of him, so the bumps to the seven or eight, maybe even uh, Joe Linderman. <laughs> I think I'd put uh, I I still put Rodney probably uh, par or uh, above uh, Leon Spencer. I think he, he's, he's not above Leon. I mean, like 
can't believe on stats. Just bring up his from his junior year when he played. But yeah, I mean, he might have yeah, had, he only had one. He only had one hand. Yeah, every time I think of Leon Frenzer in my mind, he's got a cast on his hand. All right. Is we just speculating he would have been better with two hands? I mean, this is like, <laughs> you got to like, focus on what he had on the court, not what he potentially had if he had two hands. I mean, so you just got done saying, well, you know, Rodney was in Bruiser's system. What if he wasn't in Bruiser's system? Now he's not. Let's see what happens. Leon was in Bruiser's system. What, what type of an argument is this? We're saying, we're going to be Rodney. You were saying, like, I'm what, saying this is you were saying, like with Bruiser, if he wasn't in Bruiser's system, maybe he would have been, like, saying if Leon would have had another hand, maybe he would be. <laughs> two different arguments. What if Evan Niesler had another hand? What if Evan Niesler had another hand? Evan Niesler had a better looking shot. We could do this thing all day. I mean Evan Niesler with three hands. I feel like there was a couple games where he dominated. Leon looked good at times. I I like Leon Spencer. I just think already Rodney's given us more than we got from Leon. So you think Rodney's also better than Leon Spencer? Yeah. Okay. I would say it's a toss-up between the two of them. So... You're going. Everybody going with two and two at the end of these four games. It's time for some predictions before we wrap up over here. I mean, I say two and two. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna predict. I'm gonna predict two and two. It's the Zach Spiker optimism right there. Yeah, it's a little for optimism. I mean, I, I can see us losing more than having more wins coming out of that, but two and two seems like a reasonable thing to go with. Marshall. I'm going to say one and three, but that one better be the first home game. I'm going to go with Marshall, too. I'm going to go with one and three. Yeah, I can see that, too. Okay. All right, before we wrap up, does uh, Nicole have any Monmouth commentary? Otherwise, I think we're, it's a wrap. I think Nicole's talking to a girlfriend in the in the other room. I think this Drexel basketball talks driver to as far away from here as possible. That's usually the reaction girls have to Drexel basketball talk. Thank you for listening to Dragon's Cast. You can follow us if you're interested on Twitter. Our handle is underscore Dragon's Cast. And feel free to message us with any topics or questions. Zip it up and zip it out.